Welcome to this Mount Pleasant Baptist Church podcast recorded at our Thornley campus. We're glad you've joined us and we pray that the Lord will speak to you and encourage you through this message. So we continue with the series Who is Jesus and today with the theme title Jesus is Pioneer. And so let me start with this story, Charles Blondin, Charles Blondin. Uh, lived in the 1800s, there he is. He's a French tightrope walker and an acrobat, and his claim to fame, his claim to fame was that he actually walked across. He was the first person to walk across the Niagara Falls, just in that tights and his uh, balancing stick, and he was the first one to walk across it. And for him, merely walking across it wasn't enough. And so for, on his first attempt, as he walked, and halfway through, he just lowered a rope that he had with him, and they tied a bottle of wine onto that rope. He pulled it up with a glass, and he took a sip. He had a drink, and he finished the, finished the um, walk across. And on the way back, he actually had a, a camera on the tripod. You know the wooden cameras with the tripod? And he took photos, stopped halfway, took photos of the onlookers, right? Um, just... Just in his casual stride, coming, you know, going across the tightrope. Uh, he always performed without nets or any sort of safety harness. And over time, he crossed the falls backwards, blindfolded, in chains. I don't know how anyone does that in chains, but in, in chains, insects, right, sacks, somersaulting, on stilts, carrying people on his back, and... Um, also, people in a wheelbarrow, and it, it's told that once he had a lion in the wheelbarrow as he right, walked a lion across the Niagara Falls. And by the time he gave his final performance in 1896, it was estimated that Blondin had crossed the Niagara Falls some 300 times. And um, I'm just wondering if Blondin was alive today, right? If he was alive today, and he said, you know what? Um, Perth needs some sort of entertainment, so I'm going to set up a tightrope from Kings Park to South Perth, right? And I'm going to walk from Kings Park all the way from the, where the um, Anzac Memorial is, from there all the way down to South Perth, across the Swan River, across the freeway. Anyone willing to jump on my back? Let's do it together. Who'd be willing? Anyone? No? No one? Last Sunday, we actually had one young adult who said, yep, I'll be willing. But no one. No one. Well, some of you, some of you might be going, well, yeah, I might do that. Or some of you might say no. Well, it all comes down to faith, doesn't it? Faith in Blondin, even though you haven't seen him, right? Because of you heard about him and his reputation, you might, you might take the chance, right? Based upon his reputation and his achievements of the past. And kind of like bring it to the future and kind of apply it. And this is kind of similar or relatable to our faith journey here on this side of eternity, right? Here on this side of eternity. As we navigate life as a Christian, the Bible depicts our faith journey as a race, a marathon, in fact. And we don't race one another in this marathon, right? As a Christian, we don't race against one another, Right? We race together, but, it is a, but we endure the faith journey to reach the goal and the destination, having faith in the person of Jesus Christ, knowing what he has done in the past 
and trusting Jesus and following in his footsteps. And sometimes the race might be easy going. Right? Sometimes it might be easy going, but most of the time, I don't know about you, but most of the time, it is very difficult. It is difficult being a Christian. It's strewn with obstacles. There are mind and physical battles that we endure, and at times we'll be exhausted and we will feel alone. And this is something we experience within. But then there's the external forces, the external pressures which impact our race as well. So how are we to run this marathon of faith on this side of eternity faithfully as we live as a Christian in the midst of life and everything that comes with it? Well, the author of Hebrews gives us a glimpse into how to run this race and um, through hardship and suffering. So today, let's have a look at the marathon of faith, looking to Jesus, who is the pioneer and the perfecter. Uh, before we come to our reading, here's some context for our text, right? Because if you take the text out of context, all you have is con, apparently. All right? So, yeah. Okay. So the situation uh, of the church in Hebrews. We don't know who wrote this letter. Beautiful letter, but we don't actually know who wrote it. But it was written to Jewish converts to Christianity. And they were under severe persecution. Severe persecution, hardships and sufferings. And they had and were continuing to face immense hardship. Due to the persecution, they wanted to give up. But the author encouraged them not to give up, but keep moving forward like runners in a race in a marathon. And today's scripture reading is towards the end of this letter in, from chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. And uh, I think we will have it on the screen, but, but let me read it for you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with the perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen. Beautiful passage which comes at the end of the great chapter of faith, right? Hebrews chapter 11, great chapter on faith. And it is a summary statement encouraging the hearers to persevere. And the author starts chapter 11 by saying that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That is Christian faith. That is how the author defines Christian faith. And continues by listing some of those who ran the marathon of faith in the Old Testament. He talks about Abraham. He talks about Moses. And he goes on and on. And then he concludes with the first three verses of chapter 12 that we have just read. Now, I've paraphrased this a bit for our reading today. And I think it's a bit easier to um, follow through. So, the paraphrase, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, throwing off everything that hinders, right? Throwing off everything that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles, through perseverance, 
right? Throw it off and through perseverance, let's run the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So today, let's look at the passage and ask, this, ask these questions. What marathon of faith did Jesus prepare? What did he mark out for us? First question. Second question. Why is Jesus the pioneer of this marathon? And thirdly, what is prepared? Why Jesus is the pioneer and how did he perfect it? Right? Oh, sorry. The third question is how did Jesus perfect the marathon of faith? So we want to look at what is prepared why Jesus is the pioneer and how he perfected it. So the first question, what marathon of faith did Jesus prepare? Mark out for us. The marathon, the race which we call our faith journey on this side of eternity is a difficult one. But it is also a joyous one, a journey of faith in the midst of hardships and sufferings. It is a race where there will be opposition and there will be persecution. If it is a race where we are called to take up our crosses and come and die. It is a race where we are called to take up our cross, come and die. We know that the early church suffered under severe persecution. We read in the book of Acts and we read it here in Hebrews. But that's just the beginning. About the first 300 years of the early church, there were approximately 10 systematic persecutions of Christians in the Roman Empire where they were imprisoned, plundered, tortured, and killed. Yet, we know from historical accounts that when these Christians died, they actually prayed for their executioners. They were praying and singing as they were thrown to the lions, as they were torched alive. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, oh, I should have just stayed home and just stayed in bed. I didn't come to church for this. Uh, trust me, have faith. It does get better. Right? But I believe we need to hear this because that was and is our reality of what the scripture says. When we become a follower of Christ, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, and I'll quote, when Christ calls a man, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. He bids him come and die. The fact is our faith journey is going to be a difficult one. Now, I don't have to say that to you guys who originally was from Thorny. You've been through a difficult journey. You already know, and... For me to come here and preach on this topic, oh my goodness, I should be learning from you guys, right? Now, where did the early church get this courage, the heart to run the race faithfully and strongly in the midst of hardship, suffering, and imminent death? Where did they get that? Because it is something that, is, that we all need. We all need that in our lives. And we need it to encourage one another with it as well. As we experience more and more opposition against Christianity. Right? Our young people in their schools, oh my goodness. It's, it's so hard to be a Christian now. So hard to be a Christian. What about when we go to our workplaces, shopping centers even? It is hard to be a Christian 
And that's in the physical world. What about in the online, right? Well, in the cyberspace. Oh my goodness, that is hard as well. But they looked to Jesus, the one who marked out the race for us. Now, Jesus did not run the race in comfort, did he? Jesus said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And he did not run the race with ease either. Jesus faced persecution, and he knew that his race would lead him to the cross. And he did not finish the race with others, but he actually finished the race alone. When the time came for Jesus to be handed over to the authorities, Mark 14.50 says that everyone, that everyone deserted him and fled. The race that was marked out, prepared for us by Jesus, is one of hardship, is one of suffering, is one of trials, is one of temptations. It is not an easy one, but it is one that Jesus took and it is the one that he set out for us. But trust me, there is joy in that race. And if we call ourselves a Christian, a follower of Christ, we are all on that course. We need to be on that course that has been prepared for us by Jesus. So why did Jesus take this difficult race before us? Why didn't he make it easy for us? Well, that leads to our second question and our second point. Jesus pioneered, Jesus pioneered by being sinless. The word translated pioneer in our text is the Greek word archegos, which has been translated as author, pioneer, original, originator, and founder. Now, Tim Keller notes that in the Hellenistic culture, it was used as a title for Hercules, right? For Hercules. Hercules the archegos, to give him the title of champion and saviour. He, the author of Hebrews, calls him Archegos. Now he is saying Jesus is our champion. He is our saviour. The one who authored faith, the one who created, who commenced, who penned what faith looks like to follow in his footsteps. So why did Jesus take this difficult race before us? Why did Jesus author a difficult marathon of faith? Why not make it easy? Well, the fact is that we made it difficult. Not Jesus. We made it difficult for ourselves. We made the faith journey difficult as sin entered the world. Our sin has, broke, has not only broke, broken our relationship with God, but the brokenness actually entered into creation, bringing hardships, bringing suffering, bringing evil, bringing trials, bringing temptation. But Jesus came to champion the way to redeem the fallen and the broken. He pioneered the way. Scripture says that we were dead in our sins and Jesus, the all-powerful, gave up his power, the power which created the whole of the universe. He did not use that to his own advantage, but he emptied himself and became one of us. Giving up all that power and glory, Jesus came and became vulnerable. He became mortal to all the pain, to all the hardships, to all the suffering, to opposition, the persecution, the trials and the temptations so that he could author 
a way of redeeming us. He came to redeem us. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with us, with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus authored the marathon of faith for us to have a relationship with God. He gave up all his glory, all his power, and became substitute for us on that cross. Hence the author of Hebrews encourages us by saying, let us throw off everything that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance. Through perseverance, let us run the race that has been marked out by Christ. The race is fraught with sin and the things that hinder us from the running the race well. Well, what can I say about sin in our lives? In some way, we can notice sin in our lives more easily because it entangles us. It actually stops us from running the race. But what about the things that hinder us? It's not so obvious, right? There are things that uh, slow us in our tracks. It doesn't stop us. We are continually moving forward, but it actually slows us down. And we may not realize that we are being hindered. Well, today I can think of, think of things like complacency, comfort, being influenced by the world, embodying and reflecting the culture around us more than the Christ in us. Our health, our worries, concerns of life, there are so many more which hinder us from running the race well. Shared last week that um, something that could hinder me is my ministry. I could be so fixed on my ministry that I could neglect my relationship with Jesus, with God, and that would be hindering my race with God. Think about the things that you, that we have in our lives that might be hindering us running this race well. But remember. That Jesus came, he came vulnerable to all these things and he can empathize with us, yet he was without sin and he wasn't hindered. He knows, but he wasn't hindered. And then he perfected it, right? He perfected this race. Jesus marked out the marathon of faith. He pioneered by being sinless. And lastly, Jesus perfected our faith by dying on the cross. The word translated perfected uh, in Greek is teleotes, meaning completed, finished, fulfilled. Jesus was the first to complete the race, and he was the first and he will be the last to complete this marathon of faith to its fullness, to its fullness. It has been perfected. Now, we don't have to perfect this race, for Jesus has already done that for us. Right? Jesus has already done that for us. We don't have to perfect it. What do I mean? Well, Jesus humbled himself and was faithful to die on the cross for us. He was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Hebrews 10.10 10 says, We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. That was enough. And it was raised to life, resurrected, so that we can proclaim Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your 
victory. Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The marathon of faith is not for us to save ourselves, but in the grace of our Jesus, in his victory, we run. Fixing our eyes upon him, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame. Scorning his shame, it just means he scoffed at it. He said, Pah, cross. Right? He, wasn't a, he, wasn't, he wasn't really, going, bring on cross. No, he wasn't like that. He humbled himself. He took it. He knew what it meant, scorning his shame. And now who sits down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the marathon of faith we run today, we too run for the joy that was set before Christ. We look to that as well. So what is this joy? What is this joy? That Jesus would come to earth, become mortal, vulnerable. He would face infinite pain and so much more all because of this joy that was set before him. And that was what he was looking at as he took our sins upon himself, as he hung there on the cross, persevering through the visceral pain and the torment. He, and he, was, he died and he was raised to life. And Jesus completed the race in its fullness. He perfected it. And the only possible joy, the only possible joy that I could think of. Because he was there with the Father from the beginning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they've been there. He would have had absolute perfect joy. The only joy that he did not have is you guys, is us. He wanted to be with us. He wanted to love us. He wanted to redeem us. He saw us in heaven dwelling in perfect community with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That was the joy that he was looking at, to redeem us, to bring us into his presence. He did all of that for us. He endured that. He gave up all his power. He came down. He took on the things that we deserved, the death that we deserved. He took all of that because he wanted relationship with us. The thought of that joy set before him to redeem humanity. Now we run the race on this side of eternity, looking at what? Being in the presence of Jesus once we're done on this side of eternity. That's the joy that's, that's set before us. The hardships, the sufferings, the trials, the temptations, we endure that as Jesus did, looking to the future and having that hope to be with him for all eternity. You know, Abraham, Moses and the like, they never perfected the race, but they too looked to the future with hope. And, it, and they had hope upon the promises of God. It was promises, they, but they never saw it fulfilled. And they are witnesses to these promises. And they are the witnesses to the promises of God. And hence, when we run, we run the marathon of faith, fixing our, our eyes on Jesus, the author, the one who started it, the one who perfected it, the one who completed it. 
our faith for the joy that was set before him upon the completion of the race. And that joy is to be with Jesus for us. It is to be with Jesus. Now, before I come and summarize and conclude the message, I'm so glad that Jesus came. And whereas I read scripture and navigate who he is, I'm so glad that Jesus cried, that he was angry, right? You read the things that he goes through. And in my faith journey, sometimes I would love to cry because it's hard being a Christian. Sometimes I would love just to get angry and have this righteous anger. And Jesus showed he made the way for that. Right? So we don't have to have a stiff upper lip, you know. Men, we don't have to have, we can pour our heart to God. If we're struggling, if we're in hardship, if we're in difficulty, we can pour our heart to God upon Jesus. And he knows, he empathizes with us, he knows that. And you guys did that as you were journeying and as you were closing these, the doors of, of what has been. You guys been through that. And I know you guys were fixing your eyes on Jesus. And I pray that you will do that more and more. As this community around here, community in Thornley, needs to hear the great news of Jesus Christ. Because we all need to hear that. We need to have that hope. So as we come to a close, let me summarize. Jesus is pioneer. He has shown us that he, to be his followers, our faith journey is going to be one of joy in the midst of hardships and suffering, pain, grief, trials, and temptations. He has paved the way for redemption and brought salvation to all of us who choose to take his path. He's the only one who has completed the race to its fullness and there is nothing more that is needed uh, or that can be added for he has paid the price. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. And let me close with this quote from Tozer about faith. Genuine faith leads to a disquietude, right? a bit of a stirring and uneasiness that begins to wean us from this life and prepares us for the life to come. The work of the Holy Spirit within the life of the believer has this goal in mind all the time, to bring sons and daughters unto glory. Amen. Unto glory, the glory of Jesus Christ, that, so that we may have joy being with Christ. And because we live in the now and the not yet, we can have this joy as we look towards him in our marathon of faith to consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that we will not grow weary and lose heart and to know that we are not alone in this marathon of faith. Now, for the faith we have is the confidence in the reality that when this world, when this world has come to an end, and we are on the other side of eternity, though we do not see that now, though we do not see that now, we know that we will be with Jesus. Amen. Savoring his goodness, having his love, and having his joy. Let's pray. 
Oh Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for who you are, the love that you have for us, and what you have done on the cross for us, to give us hope, to give us life, to be in communion with you, to be able to journey with you. Oh Father, I pray for our brothers and sisters here who might be going through hardship, suffering, difficult times. Lord, I pray that they will fix their eyes on you. Lord, come close to them. In a tangible way, speak into their lives. Comfort them. Bring them peace. Knowing that this side of eternity is temporal. But on the other side is for all of eternity. And we will be with you with great joy. Praising and worshipping you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear from you. If you would like prayer, please submit a prayer request at mounties.org.au forward slash prayer or send an email to communications at mounties.org.au and one of our team will be in contact. Have a great week.